Welcome to Have Hope Will Travel. I'm your host, Katie Axelson, and today we're here with my good friend Anna R. Bolch. Anna's here to help us keep our lives with God simple but never shallow. She offers us practical tips and ideas as we prepare and travel towards Christmas. I learned something, and I hope that you do too. Welcome, Anna. Thanks, Katie. I'm so happy to be here. I'm so excited to have you here. So right now we are traveling in hope towards Christmas, and I know that Christmas is one of your favorite times of the year. Um, It's one of mine as well, and I would love to hear how we can help prepare our hearts for Christmas as we head in that direction. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, over on my blog, for those people that don't know me, I talk a lot about spiritual practices and specifically about spiritual formation. And when it comes to spiritual formation, I think there's maybe a couple of things that you might need to know Mm. if that's a new term to you. And really, spiritual formation is just the process of becoming like Jesus. Ooh, I like that. Yeah, (laughs) thanks. Um, I I know I did not come up with that. Spiritual (laughs) formation has been been around for centuries, um, but really I didn't know anything about spiritual formation or spiritual practices until college. Um, Sure. Yeah, so when I was in college, which, I mean, we knew each other back then, and I took a class called Spiritual Formation, and I had no idea what this class was going to be about. I didn't know the professor all that well. I hardly even knew most of the people in my class. Um, I just didn't have that many friends at that time in college. And that one class totally changed my perspective on my life with God. Hmm. I learned just through that class that spiritual formation, becoming more like Jesus, that we become more like him through practice, Mm. which it makes total sense. We, For those of us who grew up in church, we kind of know that. We know that you don't just wake up one day and suddenly you're like Jesus. (laughs) That doesn't happen. And so it makes sense that we, you know, we read the Bible and we pray and we worship and we go and do service projects and we do all these things, but we maybe haven't called it practice before. Sure. And to, to me, practice, that one word, is so much more freeing than just doing things for Jesus. Yeah. That we can just become like Jesus through practicing. That we don't have to do things perfectly. I don't have to pray perfectly or read my Bible perfectly or show up and worship perfectly every Sunday. But I can actually practice my life with God. I get to practice experiencing a life with God, a rich life with God, that I can practice learning to hear and obey God. And that's just so much more freeing to me. Personally. Yeah. That's awesome. What does that look like yeah. for you? <laughs> so it really depends on the season for me. Sure. Um, I like talking about spiritual practices, but I think one thing I want most readers to know is that I'm not practicing all these different things all at once. Mm. Um, That would be way too much. That would be way overwhelming. Um, And I just don't think you should put that much pressure on yourself because I don't think God's really putting that much pressure on you either. Um, That's just not what I think. Maybe someone else smarter than me might say something different, but to me... 
um, spiritual practices kind of ebb and flow. Sure. And I, it really depends on, I try to discern what practice to go for based on what I need most. Okay. Not what I want most, but what I need most. So, um, like, in my life right now, I work from home. Um, my husband's gone all day to work, and I just moved to a new city. So, I don't have tons of friends here or anything. So, at the moment, you know, I could practice solitude, but I'm kind of already doing that now. <laughs> so, what I really need is to practice something else that's going to get me more involved with people. Um, so, I need more practices like service where I can go out and help someone in the community. Um, I need practices like um, like celebration uh, where I join in with the community. I need practices like worship that while it can be done individually, I need to make sure that I'm in a community of people just because I'm not around people that much. All right. Day. So it just, but there, I know there will be seasons when I'm just, where everything feels noisy, where I feel like I'm around people constantly and they're driving me crazy or, you know, it may be a good thing to be around people, but that's not what I need the most, that I need some silence to be able to hear God. And so in those times, maybe I need to practice solitude or I need to practice simplicity. Um, so for me, it just depends on kind of what I feel like I need most. Sure. At the moment, and usually that means I'm kind of looking back through um, different books that I've read or things like that and just kind of thinking through, okay, what are some different practices that will really help me during this season? Sure. Um, and so with with Advent especially, I know that is kind of difficult to discern for uh-huh. people. Um, so I hope that I can help with that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So as we yeah. head towards Advent, um, how would you, what would you suggest for someone who's not sure what they need most right now? Like, I'm thinking, well, I need to make cookies and I need to do shopping and my decorating's not done and I need, need, need to do all these list of things, but what do I need to connect with the Lord right now? Right, exactly. Um, so it's tough because, of course, I'm not inside your brain or <laughs> inside We're grateful for that. <laughs> Right, right. (laughs) I'm very glad no one can see inside my brain. But I also think that when it comes to helping someone discern what they most need, I think about a couple of different questions. And I'll make it specific toward Advent, since that's where we're kind of at right now. Yeah. But I like to ask, what is my, what do I want most out of this season? Is it more peace, more joy, more happiness, more alone time, more, you know, whatever. What is it you want the most out of this season? And so maybe make a list of those things. And then the second question I would ask is, what frustrates you the most out of this season? And I know for some people, they could make a really long list. I mean, they could go a whole page Mm -hmm. or two of things that frustrate them about Advent or just Christmas in general. But I would try to narrow it down to maybe three to five things. Just really hone in on what is it that frustrates you, whether it's the feeling of overwhelm or I know some people it's shopping, just shopping stresses them out, Mm. or the busyness of the season or just grief. 
um, feeling like, you know, I've lost this loved one and Christmas is, is never the same. Sure. Um, just a feeling of overwhelm, things like that. So I like to ask those two questions. And then at least from there, you can kind of see where the opposites are yeah. um, in your life. Like what things would help you to experience. From there, you can kind of see what things would help you experience more of the joy or the peace or the calmness that you crave. Uh-huh. Um, you know, what things do you wish you could just exit out from your list of things that you're do- that you're doing, or from your mental capacity? What what would you exit out so that you could get more of the joy? And I would bet that there's a spiritual practice that can help with that. Sure. So I've got my list of what I want more of and what I essentially what I want less of or what frustrates me the most. Uh And I'm kind of looking at it and I've narrowed it down. How do I find the practice that fits what I'm looking for? Right. Um, It depends on what exactly you're looking for, I think. Sure. When it comes to, uh, so for me, because I've read a lot of books, about spiritual practices, yeah. and I'm still learning. Don't get, don't think that I'm an expert. I'm not, but I want to be able to help point you in the right direction. Um, I have a resource on my blog that I think would help. I'm not trying to like plug myself or anything, but truly, like, I have a resource. It's called Spiritual Practices for the Everyday, and in that guide, I just list out the 13, not 12 spiritual practices. They're like the classic ones. Things that you've probably heard of, like meditation and prayer and study and worship, those sorts of things. And I just give a really short description of Mm -hmm. each of them. And then I give some ideas to help you get started with them. It's not specific for Advent in this case, but it's at least a place to start with them to say, oh, that's what this practice is for. Um, This is like the result of that practice awesome. um, and so I think that's a good place to start really and if anyone wants to reach out to me and just talk through it I'm happy to do that <laughs> anytime awesome and we will link so, to that spiritual practice for the everyday um, in the show notes as well so you can go straight to that site um, so that Anna can help you get pointed into what what it is that your heart needs the most right now as we look yeah, forward awesome. to the coming of Jesus um, Anna, what yeah. are what practices do you practice the most during Advent? Oh, so well, let's just go ahead and do a practice of confession right now. <laughs> um, I, I have never really thought about a specific practice that I actively do during Advent. Sure. Like this past week, uh, when preparing for this and brainstorming about this, I realized that there are always things that I intend to do during the season, and then something comes up, like, yeah. you know, uh, I'm sick, or there's too many events going on, something always seems to happen where um, my intentions are kind of left out to dry, and uh, even though I've known about spiritual practices for a long time, like for several years now, I never really thought specifically about this season of Advent, and mm. how you can incorporate spiritual practices into this specific season so I'm kind of learning right along with everyone else that's awesome (laughs) I I have some practices that I'd like to incorporate this year um, that I've been thinking through you know how I want to do them and what I most need 
So if we're going that route, I'll just go ahead and say what I'm planning on doing is kind of doing a practice that involves the Advent wreath, mm. um, but also that involves meditating on Scripture as well. Yeah. Um, so, like, I, for those that maybe don't know, I, in college, I was a Bible major, essentially. <laughs> um, my, my official major was called Christian education. And then I went to seminary as well after that. And so for those seven years of school, it kind of felt like I was just studying the Bible constantly, which I loved. Don't get me wrong. I loved it. But afterward, I didn't want to study the Bible. Like, right. I didn't want to study, study. I didn't want to sit there with my commentaries. I didn't want to do much of that. And so it kind of, I was just burned out on studying the Bible. And even if you didn't go to seminary, and even if you didn't do that, just Bible studies at church can be really frustrating mm-hmm. after a certain amount of time. Like, if you've done this your whole life, it can get really overwhelming and really just boring. Um, but I realized, too, that I still need to read Scripture, that I still do love the Bible. Right. <laughs> I still love God and want to become more like Jesus. And so I want to incorporate a practice of meditating on scripture um and i think it's going to look really simple like i said i'm all about keeping it simple but meaningful yeah um and so for me it's probably just going to be um lighting the advent wreath Mm -hmm. um, or maybe just one candle depending on what i can find um and i'll take that as my cue to pause and reflect and then read a passage of scripture probably part of the nativity story something really familiar but still really impactful for this season and possibly say a prayer after that whether it's like a borrowed prayer like something that's already written or something of my own um i haven't fully decided yet but i think that's going to be a really meaningful practice for me this season i'm really looking forward to it the more i think about it the more i'm anticipating it that sounds awesome you can get yeah. candles for your Advent wreath at Hobby Lobby. Oh, can you? Yes, shameless plug. Hobby I, Lobby sells bundles of Advent wreath candles. Oh, I had no idea. I think the... Uh, I'm Now that I'm trying to remember for sure if they're in a bundle or if they're separate. But they, uh-huh. historically, when I've needed Advent wreath candles, I have always gone there. I remember the white one uh-huh. being separate from the purple and the pink. Right. Um, yeah. Which, Advent, the Advent wreath is a fun tradition as well. Um, that's something we'll talk about yeah. a different week here on the podcast. But what made you choose oh, cool. to um, choose to use the tradition of the wreath as you're thinking about your own Advent practice this year? Right. So um, in, the tr- in the tradition that I grew up in, um, we didn't really use the word Advent anyway. Sure. Um, the only time that I really heard it was just in reference to the Advent wreath. That was the only thing I really remember, like, actively doing during the Advent season at church. Um, and so I always liked that practice, even though I didn't really understand it in the context of, oh, this has been used for hundreds of years. Yeah. <laughs> um, this is a rich tradition, and I just didn't know. And so then once I kind of... I'm still learning. I'm still figuring it all out. But as I learn a little bit more about it, I 
the things I want out of Christmas or out of that season, I love the sort of romantic feelings of mm. coziness and light in the darkness and peace and reflectiveness. That's just kind of what I want my Advent season to look like. And I think the Advent reach just goes so well with that. And I think there's something important about kind of dimming the light and lighting a candle and that that automatically puts me in the right state of mind. Yeah. Um, that automatically that calms me. It doesn't, even, it doesn't even have to be when I have an advent wreath. Just lighting a candle just in my house, it kind of signals me into a different phase. It helps me to automatically calm down. It just helps me to say, okay, like it's time to pause and breathe sure. and reflect. And so I think that advent wreath in particular, I'm planning on hopefully uh, select some passages that have to do with each of the themes of the each of the candles. Yeah. Um, and that way I can focus on those this like for a whole week. Right. Um, so my plan is when I say meditating on scripture, it, I know that kind of churchy language, um, and I try to break that down a little bit. So the way I meditate on scripture, the way I think about meditating on scripture, is really kind of based in an ancient practice, but I kind of tweak it to make it a little bit more uh-huh. simple. Um, I like to read the same passage of scripture every day for a week. Mm. So, to, and it's based on an ancient tradition called Lectio Divina, um, which in that tradition you would really read the passage over and over again all in one sitting. Um, okay. You'd say the passage out loud, you would think about it, pray about it, reflect upon it. Um, I like to spread it out over a week because, let's face it, we're not monks. <laughs> we're not <laughs> nuns in a monastery with all this time to do that. I think that life with God has to be in your actual real life. Um, yeah. And so for me, meditating on Scripture, uh, when I look at Scripture throughout a week, and I'm focusing on the same few verses over and over again. I read them over and over again. I find myself at least toward the end of the week, if not before, thinking about those verses throughout the day. Mm. It's like it's like getting listening to the same song every day for a week. Sure. You're bound to get it stuck on your mind at least once during right. the week. At least. And so for me, taking a familiar passage like the nativity story how many times have i heard that in my 28 years of life but taking a familiar passage like that and reading it over and over again the first day it's probably boring (laughs) but by the second or third day i usually realize okay this is my time to just sit and pause and be with something familiar and that's that's calming um and I usually find something new in it when I'm not really even trying. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I love that practice. I think it's something I want to incorporate this year. And I hope that other people will too. Um, I'm still working out the kinks in it for myself. But of course, um, it's fun. Yeah. I like getting to do that as well, especially with a story that's as familiar as the nativity story. Because, I mean, we can yeah. all recite at least portions of it from memory. And I like to read it multiple days but I also like to read it in multiple translations because I find that I pick up something different when I read a different Mm -hmm. phrasing of it 
You know, oh, yeah. Absolutely. To use the song analogy, it's like listening to somebody else's version of the same song. It just right, tweaks like your ear a little bit. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. It just twists your ear a little bit and you go, oh, I've never noticed that before. Yeah, absolutely. I love that so much. I'm going to have to put that in my practice for this year. And I love love that you talked about the wreath because you're right, it is such a rich tradition that Uh has existed for generations and generations. And sometimes traditions get boring and sometimes they need to be updated, but sometimes they also tie us to generations of Christians who have come before us. And when we're, sometimes when we're, weak in our own faith, we need to stand on their shoulders and sh- do the power of showing up and lighting a candle or reading a scripture or whatever um, practice it is that we're working through, just remembering that this has worked for people before and we can stand in faith on that as well. God has shown up in this before and he can do it again. Yeah, absolutely. And that's why I love not only the practice of reading a passage of scripture over and over again, um, but also with these spiritual practices, they are, I I focus mainly on the ones that are considered classic that Mm -hmm. have been around for centuries. It's things that the disciples were practicing and that Jesus was teaching them to practice and that, you know, Christians for thousands and thousands of years have been practicing. And so they're not new, but they're still meaningful. Um, And even things like, when I think of being in a busy season of life, like Advent can tend to be for so many of mm-hmm. us, I think it's it's almost more meaningful to do something repetitive, to sure. do something that sim- that's simple and that you know that someone else has been doing for centuries, rather than trying to be creative and come up with something new on your own. Right. Um, like, like, I wouldn't encourage someone who feels really overwhelmed by the Advent season to, well, if you just journal every day and you write a new reflection every single day, then that's, you know, that's what you should be doing. That would feel overwhelming to me. That would make it so much worse. Even though I love being creative and I love writing, that would feel like a chore after Mm -hmm. a while. And I I don't think that would fit in with my actual real life during Advent. Whereas taking even 10 minutes or 15 minutes just to and light a candle and read a passage of scripture that's so much easier and so much more meaningful for that time in life and that's why I'm okay with even borrowed prayers like taking ancient prayers um, or prayers that you know we pray in church all the time really think familiar prayers whether it's the Lord's Prayer or the Apostles Creed or something and taking a prayer and just repeating it every day um, that can be really meaningful Um, sometimes you just need that when you don't have the words or the the capacity for something new yeah no that's so true and that's that's important especially when we think about advent because i bet a lot of us put more peace more joy on our list of things that we want and the busyness of the season right. or the frustration is one of our frustrations so i love mm-hmm. the the simplicity of the meditating on scripture yeah Something easy, something you probably already know how to do. You don't have to read a book on spiritual practices to know how to read scripture. Yeah. You just read it. Right. <laughs> you just read it over and over again. <laughs> right. Um, and yeah, that's what I love about it. And so when I, when I, I happened to ask my Instagram followers what things frustrated them the most about Advent season. Sure. And 
overwhelmingly, like everyone mentioned something about busyness or it's mm. overwhelm. Um, but that seems to be the theme of the season when really I think what we actually want out of Advent is joy. And we want to reflect on uh, on Jesus being born and God being with us. Yeah. Um, and that's where I think spiritual practices, just even simple, simple, simple practices can really make a difference. Just in your mindset. Oh, for sure. It's preparing your heart for the coming of the Christ. You know, I think we, I've talked about this before, but we as Christians don't get it. You know, we have a lot to learn from our Jewish brothers and sisters about the anticipation of the coming of the Christ. And they were waiting thousands and thousands of years. And we, it's a beautiful gift that we get to celebrate every year because he has come. But we also become mundane to it and we get it covered in all of the rest that comes with December. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And it's funny you mentioned that because when I was kind of preparing for this and doing some brainstorming, I kind of realized that in in my faith tradition, like I said, we didn't really talk much about Advent as a period on the church calendar. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't know what I didn't know what a church calendar was sure. until college. Um, just because that wasn't part of our tradition. Yeah. Um, and so when I was thinking about Advent, I kind of thought, well, I wonder if I, even if I learned the history of Advent somewhere along the line, I kind of forgotten. Um, and so I was looking up some things about Advent and I don't know if I realized until actually researching it, that a lot of traditions, Advent has a dual focus that so many traditions for like the first two weeks of Advent, they focus on reflecting on the second coming of Jesus. Oh, wow. Whereas the next two weeks are focused on God with us, Jesus coming in human flesh the first time in the first century. I had no idea. I had no idea either until (laughs) Um, you just told me. Right. So when I was looking at up and kind of looking through that when I first read it I thought okay maybe this person doesn't know what they're talking about like I didn't know if I was like reading a trusted source or what was happening and so then I read something else that referenced um some of the words that are used in the New Testament like where we get the word advent from and it was just fascinating do you mind if I like share it go for it really quick because I think I think it ties in really well to what I believe about spiritual practices. Yeah. So, Advent comes from the Latin word Adventus, which is translated from the Greek word parousia. So, when I read that, I recognized just from school, just from, like, I was required to take Greek. It's a long thing. But I remembered, okay, parousia. Like, I recognize that word. Like, it's a popular word in the New Testament. And... So when I started, like, looking it up a little bit, parousia has two different meanings. It, ha- it means present, and it often means coming or arrival. Mm. And so often in the New Testament, it was referring to the present, God currently with us, but also this coming or arrival again. Okay, <laughs> so yeah. So re- what we would say is the second coming where Jesus will come and restore the earth for his glory. 
Wow. Um, and so I thought that was fascinating that for me, in spiritual practices, there's that duality there as well. Wow. The Holy Spirit is at work within us when we participate in spiritual practices, and it helps us to recognize that God is currently here with us. Hmm. And at the same time, spiritual practices are also preparing us for the future arrival, the second coming of Jesus, by doing what he instructed, that we're becoming more like him. And so I love that, like that Advent has that dual purpose, and for me, Spiritual practices also have that dual purpose, that we're recognizing God is here, but also preparing for what's to come. Right. That is beautiful. I was not familiar with that at all, so thank you. I have learned something today. <laughs> okay, good. Well, I learned it just this week, so I'm sure that there are other people who have no idea either, but I think this has changed the way I think about Advent, for yeah. me personally. Yeah. Oh, that's going to change how I think. I'm... Go ahead. Yeah, I know I'm definitely going to be reflecting on this for the rest of the Advent season, for sure. I think Um, so, too. I love it. I love it, too. That is awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time today, Anna. Where can we find you across the interwebs? So, I am Anna R. Bolch everywhere. So, it's AnnaRBolch.com, and I mainly hang out on Instagram for social media. It's Anna R. Bolch there as well. Great. Well, thank you very much for teaching us and for helping us prepare our hearts as we travel towards Christmas and for those wonderful suggestions of meditating on scripture and lighting a candle and focusing on both Christ's first coming, but then also the second coming. So thank you very much. You're so welcome. Well, I learned something today and I hope that you did too. Make sure to connect with Anna on all the socials. That's Anna R. Bolch, B-O-L-C-H. If this podcast spoke to you, we'd love if you shared it with a friend, leave a review or a rating. That's how other people are going to be able to find it as well. Thanks. Have a great day. We'll see you soon. Bye-bye.